One morning, as I scribbled in my journal, a story began to unfold. In verse, at first. That's how it sometimes goes. A fictional character, set in history. A woman, fascinated by language and with dreams, exotic sounds and unearthly melodies. Let me introduce I Am Magpie. Long ago, and not so far away, in fact here in Sydney, where my own forebears arrived on a death ship called Neptune, our Liza Collins was already here, having arrived in 1788. We hear her inner voice as she takes center stage. We are her audience. We first meet Eliza in the spring of 1789 in a fledgling colony on the other side of her known world. A woman of the enlightened age, cavalier with her freedom and empowered by her dreams, Eliza has journeyed to a new land with a theory, a social contract, informed partly by her own brand of mysticism and partly by self-taught empirical thought. A natural loner, an introspective observer and a lucid dreamer, we are invited to Eliza's interior mind and introduced to her awakening thoughts, shared only with her neighbour and friend, Meg. Inspired by the young astronomer and scholar William Dawes, Eliza feels ready to join him and a circle of women on the headland. It is here in the night that she can hear a language of resonant beauty and mystery. And in her dreams, she hears deep intoning and luminous melodies and can almost touch the elusive beings that dwell among the stars. We follow Eliza as she moves blindly between reality and her dreams, making little progress. Through reading her sea journal to Meg, we meet a younger Eliza and also witness the emergence of a deeper, more passionate spirit. Her charisma burns brightly until tragedy strikes. Eliza will turn and return to her dreams, to the language, to Meg, and to the women on the headland, hoping for a new consciousness to find ground. How can she lift the darkness that surrounds her and that also somehow remains within her? You perhaps already know how things turn out in 1791 when there is a shift in colonial power. No peaceful understanding. No compromise. No treaty. No social contract. 
yet Eliza and Meg stay on to face each day gently, quietly, invisible on the fringe. I am Dr. Bronwyn Ether, a writer, a musician and a linguist. As a linguist, I specialise in the recording and analysis of Indigenous Australian languages, spending a decade in remote communities of Arnhem Land. Like many field linguists, I learned my trade at ANU in Canberra. Among the significant events of that time, there are two that are highly relevant to this story. First, I was fortunate to meet fellow linguist Jacqueline Troy, now Professor Troy. Second, the original notebooks of the Sydney language ascribed by the astronomer William Dawes from 1789 to 1791, long thought lost or destroyed, were discovered around 180 years later in the basement of a British museum. Professor Troy, herself a First Nations woman, researched and analysed these notebooks and went on to publish the Sydney language in 1994. With Professor Troy's permission, her book inspires the kernel of the language used by the Eura people in this story. Therefore, if you so desire, you'll gain some insight into the beauty and mystery of the language of Sydney as it was spoken in the first three years of colonisation. Join me as we meet Eliza Collins and follow an imagined journey through the first few years of settling on the land of the Eura. Gadigal land, Aboriginal land, always was, always will be. <laughs>